0: Well, good morning. There's so few of you here, I need to hear a voice. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good. Um, it is really good to be together, whether we are physically here or whether we are online together. Um, it's a great way to bring in the new year, is to remember who we are and who God created us to be. I'm Linda, one of the pastors here, and, uh, and I'm just... I don't know about you guys at the beginning of the year, but as Stephanie said, like you kind of make resolutions sometimes. For me, I'm more of a, I'm going to spend some time reflecting on the past year and think about what the next year is going to be. Um, I don't usually just make, make resolutions. I just kind of make the big picture how I want things to be different in the year coming up as opposed to very specific resolutions. I've had too many years of breaking those and living with that guilt. So I've decided not to really do that anymore. Um, But I like when people have some expectations about the new year. I read this great one late last night. And it says, never have so many expected so little from a new year. Basically, if an asteroid doesn't hit Earth, we're good. Is that kind of what you're expecting for 2022? No asteroid? That's a good year. Uh, Because it's just... The last few years have been kind of a mess. And uh, so our expectations do change. And as Pastor Danny did talked about during worship, of um, knowing the faithfulness of God and the solidness of God is what has brought us through so far and will continue to do that. So when I was thinking about the past year, Um, You see, when you're preaching at the beginning of the year, there's this weird pressure that we put on ourselves of, ooh, this is the sermon that will set everyone's faith for the year, and uh, please don't believe that, but there is some pressure pastors put on themselves, and so I was thinking, what are the great great passages in scripture that talk about you're entering something new and there's Joshua who's at the river with the people and they're both to go into the promised land and so there's all of this of be strong and courageous that's a great word isn't it be strong and courageous but I preached on that already in 2021 so I decided not to do that again and then there's Esther who you know the words from Esther is you were created perhaps you were created for a time such as this And that's an interesting message to carry into a new year, but we're not going to do that one. Perhaps it's Peter who boldly preached after Pentecost, but we're not going to do that one because in my head, 2021 was a year of wandering and we all wandered around trying to figure out what was going on. The vaccinations were in and there was this great freedom we felt with that, but things were still really unsteady. And then good old, good old Omicron comes across and throws us sideways again. So to me, it was a year of wandering. And that brought me to the Israelites wandering through the desert after they were released from Egypt. God had freed them. They were wandering, kind of like how we've been wandering in 2021. And um, at one point, God said, your lives are going to be different moving forward. And our lives moving into 2022 have to be different because 2021 is a year like none we've ever had before. And then before that, we had 2020, which was a year like we have never had before. So moving forward, like the Israelites, we need to learn to live differently, I believe. And um, the great thing is God gave the Israelites direction for this. Now, I almost hate to kind of read these and go over these, but the Ten Commandments are what he, how God set. this is how you're going to live in this new world that you're entering into. And I know lots of you, if you've been in the church for a long time, you may have already just shut down when I said those words, the Ten Commandments. So what I hope we can do today, we're going to read the scripture, but we're going to really look at them more realistically. Not realistically, that's not right, but in common language, let's say that. And, um, and how God continues that into the New Testament, into Jesus, and into our lives today. So to enable us to do that, um, we of course need the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Father God, you did give to the Israelites thousands of years ago these um, Ten Commandments. And the Hebrew word means the ten words, and I like that. May we hear afresh these ten words from you, God, Um, and may they really shape how we move forward into this new year, into a year where our lives will not be the same as they were years ago, and they just really have to be different. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to head into Exodus 20. And I could quiz you on how many of these you know, but I won't. But as we go through them, say, oh yeah, I remember that one, I remember that one, I remember that one. But if you've never heard them before, this could be really interesting for you to hear that these are the words of God telling us how to live. So God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He's the Lord their God who brought us out of 2020 and 2021, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is in your neighbor's home. Now, I've always thought it fascinating when you read this list, because there are some that you shall do, and then there's a whole bunch that you shall not do. And I I don't know about you, but quite often uh, in my life, if people have told me something I shouldn't do, you kind of go, yeah, now I really want to try that. When you're a kid, it's cookies or cupcakes, and you say, now, don't eat any cookies, therefore, blah, 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 and yet you reach out as a little kid, and you just really want to take one because you've been told you can't. But I think more than that, I think what the Ten Commandments, God's Ten Words tell us, because they've got some that you should do and some you should not do, is I I think of the image of of a teeter-totter. And or a seesaw, depending on where you grew up in the world, you use those two different terms for the same thing. But for generations and generations, children have been playing on these. And I love this image for what God's 10 words tell us, because those ones we're not supposed to do are fighting the ones we're supposed to do. Think of all of the sins that we do. And if we fall into sin more and more and more often... Then on the other side of our teeter-totter is our relationship with God. And as our sins increase, all those things we're not supposed to do that harm our relationship with God, then our relationship with God goes down. Now, if we are focused more on killing these sins, getting rid of these sins, and we focus on our relationship with God, then our teeter-totter goes the other way. And God is the center of what we're doing, and our sins will minimize more and more as we spend more time on our relationship with God. So I like that image, and I, it gave me a good understanding of why God is very clear on these things we should do and very clear on some things we should not do. But let's break down these, these, these 10 words from God in language that is... Um, more realistic to us. And I want to just go through them quickly for, with together, it's just so you give some more thought to them. And uh, these short, I'm going to share some short phrases that are done by John J. Parsons, and he's author of a website called Hebrew for Christians, which just puts Hebrew context and the original Hebrew on things that we read as Christians. So I find it a helpful website from time to time. And I love what he has done with these 10 words from God. So you shall have no other gods before me is really him saying, I am your only deliverer, the one who loves you and chooses you. God's asking us to remember who I am, what I've done for you, and then you will have God at the center of your worship and your life. And there's great ways of doing that. A beginning of year is always an important time for me to do that. Think back through 2021. Where has God been faithful? Where has he been your deliverer? And where have you felt his love and and know that he chose you? The second one, you shall not make yourself an idol. God's really saying here, love me exclusively. And I love in the whole verse, he talks about an idol of the image of heaven above, earth beneath, water under the earth, because he brings us right back to creation. When he, because God created everything, how could something we worship, how could we worship something that we create? Because God is the only true creator, so we worship him. Now, for most of us today, the idols are not graven images that he's talking about But there are lots of other things that we worship in place of God. It might be social status, job title, having the right possessions, the right car, the right kind of apartment. Maybe it's the number of followers you have. Maybe it's what kind of trip you're doing. Is it fancier than other trips? Is it to more exotic places than other people do? What are the idols in our lives? See, all these things are good. However, if they take over as the focus of our life, how we see our value is in these things, then they become our idols. Love me exclusively, God says. If we continue on, you shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord our God. Regard my name, he says, my love as sacred. Literally, it, it, it says you shall not carry the name of the Lord your God for vanity, to use it for invalid purposes or in a trivial manner. Take his name seriously. Don't throw it around as if it is the name of your dog. It's holy. It's sacred. And it also ties into how we act. Like if you believe in God and are a Christ follower, and that means you carry his name, and yet what you say, how you act, doesn't reflect being an image bearer of God, that's not regarding his name, his love as sacred. Okay, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. There's so many odd discussions about this one. However, what God is really saying is rest in me, trust in me. God knew. And he still knows our human hearts, the human desire to success, to strive, to earn whatever we think we are missing. And that might be money, it might be power, it might be a title, it might be a position. We want to be self-made and self-reliant. But where does your trust truly lie? In ourselves, so I have to keep working? In our own abilities? Or in God's ability to provide? Walter Brueggemann, who's a great theologian, writes in his book, Sabbath. He says, the Sabbath provides a visible testimony that God is at the center of life. The human production and consumption that take place in a world ordered, blessed, and restrained by the God of all creation. So when we take Sabbath, we are saying to the world, God's got this, and I can take a time of rest. So those four are all about God, right? Our relationship with God, how we love God, and what that's supposed to look like. The next six are completely different focus. Honor your father and mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. So honor your life, honor its history, and do no harm to others. Honor in this sense is to regard our obligations to our parents with seriousness and with weight. Now some cultures have brought this to the extreme. And there has been harm done. So there is great discussion that needs to go around this one if that is in your history. But it really is God saying, honor your life and your history. Because God's been there with you through all of that history. You shall not murder. Forsake anger is really what God is saying here. See, murder comes from anger. Deep down anger. And then meaning here is the premeditated deliberate killing, which, if you believe all the police shows you see, stem from jealousy, resentment, greed, and all kinds of other issues over creating anger, anger about something. And in the Jewish tradition, this also includes intentionally shaming another person, abusing another person and more, because with those actions, we're actually murdering who they are As a child of God created in his image. Forsake anger. You shall not commit adultery. Abandon lust. I love that word, abandon. You know, I had an ethics professor in seminary who, when we were talking about all of these sins and the things that go across our mind because we are human. um, Anger, lust, greed we're going to talk about, lying, envy. Lots of those flit across our mind. It's what we do with them. So that's why I love the abandon lust. Run away when a thought comes in your mind. Because God created the marriage union in Genesis and his plan for marriages between two people. A run away from lust. You shall not steal. Renounce greed. We steal when we want something of someone else's. And stealing deprives other people of what God has entrusted to them. Just as God has entrusted things to you, he has for other people. So renounce greed. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Hate lying. Abhor lying. Lying violates another's reputation, deprives them of their rights, creates unjust situations. And then the last one about do not covet, refuse envy. Again, it's a human, emo- human emotion that flits through our minds. Refuse it. Say, I will not be envious of his new job, and I will congratulate him. I will not be envious about their bigger house. I will congratulate them. It's a selfish desire, and it reflects not living a content life in God. So the first four are about our relationship with God, loving God, and the last six are about our relationship with each other, how to love each other. And and just as a quick side note, when we're loving others, the last six are really the foundation of community. So I want you to think about communities you are in, whether it's here at church, whether it's your friend group, whether it's your schoolmates, whether it's your workmates, When these are broken in a community, they cause great pain. Think about the effect when someone is abused. All trust is broken. That person retreats, and they are not whom God created them to be. Adultery breaks marriages and families. Stealing causes one to mistrust others and then to become fearful and live a fearful life. What about the effect of lying? That person will be wary and not trust others. They'll get defensive And sometimes when you're lied to, you will lie right back. And as the person who lies, we eventually think others must be lying also. And we can't keep track of all the lies we're doing. We lose credibility, and you will lose relationships. We let these things, these negative emotions, these sins, get in the way of relationships, and communities will fall apart. Now, over the years, the Israelites created these 10 words of God into 613 rules. Now, how could you ever follow 613 rules? You can't. And so we leap forward into when Jesus arrived, and he knew the people couldn't follow 613 rules. You just, because we are human, we cannot. And um, when Jesus stepped in, That's when a time, if you've read some of the New Testament, you know that the Pharisees and the scribes and the teachers were all arguing about which rules were more important. Which ones should you follow? What does that look like if you're following this rule? Um, And it's interesting to to watch that in action if you ever visit Israel, and you know those who follow them very strictly. The one time I was in Israel, we got on an elevator, and if it's a Sabbath, the elevator, you're not allowed to press the elevator button. Because that's work. And so you get on the elevator, and you stop at every floor. They program them every Sabbath to stop at every floor. So it's a very long trip in a hotel that's tall, if you're in Israel on the Sabbath. Just to warn you, if you head over there sometime. Um, So there's a limit to what this 613, what does that mean? But they love to argue about it. And so they came to Jesus, and they wanted to trap him. And they said, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Out of that, they didn't say out of the 613, but they said, what's the greatest one? Because they thought, you can't win this argument. It's an argument that's been going on for hundreds of years. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And I would have loved to have seen the look on their faces. They probably went, oh, yeah, I, I, I think he's right. I I can't think of any other rule to bring up that is more important than that one. I I, I just can't beat that one. And then Jesus continued, didn't he? And he said the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus drew them right back to the Ten Commandments that talk about love God, love others. And together they are the greatest commandment. So just like the 10 commandments were brought in by God, here is how you are to live to the Israelites. Jesus renewed that and said, "Here is how you are to live. Love God, love others." Now, it's interesting that Jesus was also clear that he didn't come to abolish the law but to fulfill them. It says in Matthew 5:17, so don't just throw everything out. But what Jesus understood, he went even further than that in the sense that during the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus warned us that if we broke these, love God, love others in our heart, it was if we actually physically did them. Watch over, don't just watch over your behavior, look at your heart. His examples were, you have heard it say you shall not murder, but I tell you anyone who is angry with a brother or sister is subject to judgment. Angry in the heart can bring about murder. You have heard it said that you should not commit adultery, but I tell you anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. There's a sin that needs to die. God knows our hearts. He knows what it ultimately drives our behavior. Think back to that teeter-totter, right? Sin on one side, God on the other. Sin starts with thoughts that we let grow. You know, we'll just look a little bit longer. Well, I'll just do this a little bit longer. And if we don't bring that to God, it will just grow and grow, and that will break our relationship with God. Now, if we bring up the relationship with God, we focus on that. When a sin comes up, we can honestly bring that to God and he will help us to kill that sin, to walk away from that temptation. Love God, love others. As we head into 2022, when we think about community that God calls us into as we love him and love others, just another way to look at his 10 words, put God first. Keep his name and his love sacred. Worship only him. Rest in him. If you do not live in anger, you will live in peace and will see the positive in others. If you are not living full of lust, you will value individuals, honour other relationships and your own. If you are not driven by greed, you will respect what others have sincerely rejoicing with him. If you are not relying on lies to get through life, you will live an open and authentic lives with contentment in each day. If you are not living in envy, you will care for the growth and prosperity of others. If you are the righteous living as a holy people, a holy community, you will love God and you will love others. Just as the Israelites started a new chapter in their lives when they received these ten words from God originally, we are starting a new year in ours. So we should pause for a moment and looking forward to 2022. What needs to change? What sins need to decrease? What in your relationship with God needs to increase? So let's look over these list of His ten words again, and I'm going to give you a few moments. First the first four that talk about loving God. What does your heart and your soul need to dwell in to increase your relationship with God that will release you to love others more fully? Do you need to understand more clearly when God says, I am your deliverer, the one who loves you and chooses you. I will deliver you from all of your pains. Do you need to be reminded to love God exclusively? Do you need to look at the idols in your life that get in the way of your relationship with God and that have become more important than loving God? Do you regard his love as sacred? Or do you just go, oh yeah, God loves me? Do you understand what that love means? It cannot end. And do you truly rest in God? With all of the unknowns as we head into 2022, can we rest in Him? Then, what do we need to decrease? What sins on the other side of our teeter totter do we need to decrease that will enable us to love others and love God more? Honor your life and your history. Don't do harm to others. Do you have anger you need to forsake and release? Does lust wander through your life much more than it should? Abandon it. What about greed? Can you renounce greed? Are you a habitual liar? You should be hating lying. Are you envious of others? We should refuse to walk into that world that is full of envy. So I want to give you a few moments And I wanted you to take note of what God is revealing to you. God usually puts one or two on our hearts. And I would encourage you to think and listen to God for a few moments. What are the top four do you need to really focus and understand and study and talk to God about this year? So that you can love him more fully. And which of the bottom six God is piercing your heart with and you're saying, oh, I, 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 do, I do that. And this is the year to let that go. So I have one more image to leave with you. And that is a salmon ladder. And... Um, even when I was in my fittest, I would never be able to do this. But I love this image because, you know, if you've, if you've watched Ninja Warriors, or if you could do this yourself, Danny, then you, can, you have to lift up both sides, right? If you just lift up one, it's gone. You have fallen. If you just lift up the other one, it's hard to recover, and you have fallen. For me, this is the image of the year the teeter-totter, and this one, because this is love God, love others. If we try and love others without loving God fully, it's very difficult. We will struggle. If we try to love God and not live out that love by loving others, it's not how we are to live. We will struggle. We will fall. Love God, love others. So I want us to have a simple, different kind of 2022. As we move forward, love God, love others. And that love of God is so represented in where we're heading next, and that is communion. Because it is, what this represents is the love of God that sent little baby Jesus. And Jesus who gave himself as a sacrifice for us so that we could have a relationship with God because he took away all our sins for us. We keep struggling with them on that teeter-totter, but we are free of them when we believe in Jesus Christ and we keep down that journey of our relationship with God. Only through Jesus has that been able to happen. Only through Jesus. And that's the depth of the love of God, and we are called to love him in return. Now, on that last night that Jesus had his meal with his disciples, before he was arrested, crucified, soon to be resurrected, and then ascended up to heaven, uh, he took the bread, and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Now, I ask you to just hang on to your elements. We're going to take both together in just a moment. This is his body broken for you. That is love. And in response, we love God. And later in the meal, Jesus picked up a cup. And he said, this is my blood poured out for you, a sacrifice, a sacrifice of love freely given so that we can be in relationship with God, that we can live a life that will love others only through Jesus Christ. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. Actually, he said, said, I will not eat or drink again until I do it with you in paradise. So we do this in remembrance of him, living, loving God, loving others, until that day with him. So let us partake. Lord Jesus, there is no full way to thank you for your sacrifice. And yet, um, we strive to live in gratitude for it. Only through you are we able to live out the loving God and loving others that really sum up these 10 words from God given thousands of years ago. Help us to spend time dwelling in how we are to call to love God, to rest in him, to understand the holiness of God and how we are to love others. All of those sins we are to put away, we hand them to you, Lord Jesus. When they pop in our minds, we give them to you this year so that we can live the love we are called to live. Not the human ways, not the turmoil, but the peace that comes from loving God and loving others. Just journey that with us, Lord Jesus, so that 2022, we can find the rest and the peace that we need. And as the world will continue to be full of unknowns, just like it was for the Israelites and as they kept wandering, we are solid. We are solid on God. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.